Hi, friend, and welcome to the Brand Strategy Podcast, a show created to equip you with the inspiration, encouragement, and clarity you need to build the brand of your dreams. I'm your host, Bonnie Bakhtiari, brand designer, strategist, and founder of The Illum Retreat. From sustainable strategy to heartfelt encouragement, each episode is designed to equip you with the tools you need to chase after your dreams. Because you deserve a brand that empowers you to do what you love, connects with your dream clients, and offers a deep sense of fulfillment along the way. So grab a cup of coffee and join me on this journey, won't you? Hey friends, welcome back to the Brand Strategy Podcast, where today we are talking about how I went from struggling to sought after as a designer. And looking back over the 10 years that I've been in business, I'm so excited to be able to share this episode with y'all because I know exactly what it's like to be getting started or to be in a season of pivoting. I know what it's like to struggle to get your next client. I also know what it's like to be signing incredibly high ticket offers with dream clients and and just feeling so grateful for those opportunities. And so because I've been on, you know, this kind of roller coaster journey and I've learned a thing or two along the way, I am really grateful to have the opportunity to share that with y'all in the off chance that it is helpful. And with I mean, just like with everything that I share here on the podcast, this is designed to meet you where you are, and it's all from personal experience. So if something I share doesn't resonate with you, that's okay. You have full permission to take what serves you well and leave the rest. So with that being said, I am excited to dive into this conversation and share a little bit more. I've actually never really shared this before, but I'm excited to share a little bit more about how I went from struggling to where I am now with an incredibly successful multiple six-figure sought-after design business. And if I can do it, you can too. So as we dive in, let's kind of set the scene a little bit. Now, when I first started my business back in 2012, I was I actually started my business right before I graduated from college. So I was graduating. I was um, trying to figure out how I was going to start paying those student loans that I had racked up. I was trying to figure out what I was going to do with this degree and, you know, like, what am I going to do to make money? Oh, yeah. And at the same time, I was engaged to my now husband and I was in the throes of planning our wedding and I was getting ready to move halfway across the country. So it was like honestly the the most wild time and it made zero sense whatsoever to start a business (laughs) during this. But yeah, I guess I'm just like a, a glutton for punishment. So I just like went all in. But when I got my little website up and running and when I started, you know, really figuring out, okay. I want to start offering brand design. I love this and I really want to go all in on this. I I didn't, you know, it wasn't something as easy as like listing my services online and then just like watching the the dollars roll in. It, It was absolutely a process of you know, putting myself out there, taking that kind of vulnerable step, which I I feel like anyone who's launching an offer for the first time whether you're a brand new business owner or you're just offering something totally new that you've never done before, it's a vulnerable process, right? And I was definitely feeling that vulnerability. So of course, of course, I was sad and I was, you know, like disappointed when I didn't see tons and tons of people clamoring to work with me. But like, I I can't blame them, right? (laughs) 
they've never heard of me before. I'm brand new to this. Like it, it totally made sense. But anyway, at the time I was, let's be honest, I was broke. I, you know, was a newlywed. I w- had, you know, graduated from college with some student loans. I didn't have a secure, safe, you know, traditional corporate job lined up. And I thankfully did have my husband's income to rely on. So things weren't like, you know, totally dire. But on my end, I knew that I wanted to be doing something. I wanted to be doing something that was fulfilling. I wanted to do something that offered me freedom with the kind of impact that I could have in the lives of the clients or the customers that I was working with. And I wanted to be able to generate an income. Like there's nothing wrong with that. Like I wanted to make money. And so because of that, when I first got started, once the inquiries started trickling on in, I was saying yes to everything. I was taking on every single low pain project that came my way. I was saying yes to, it didn't matter if you were an ideal client or not, if you were a living, breathing human and you had dollars in your bank account and you wanted to hire me, heck yes, I was all over that. And because of that, I found myself hustling for my worth. I found myself trying to connect with potential leads online and trying to market myself. And when I didn't see the results that I wanted to, it I made it mean something about me. And when I did see the results I wanted to see, I also then made it mean something about me, but I made it mean something positive about myself. And I think that a lot of us can relate to this. Like when I look at so many of the incredible designers that I work with now, I see that For so many of us, we have to kind of divorce ourselves from this idea that what we're able to generate, the results we're able to create, the income we're able to bring in, none of that is actually tied to our self-worth. And if you actually go back in the the archives here on the podcast, I've talked about this. I've talked about why I don't believe in charging your worth. I don't believe that that is something that serves us well because I believe that it kind of supports this really vicious narrative that tells us that our worth as humans can be boiled down to an amount of dollars and cents, which I just think is absolute bonkers. So with that being said, I mean, that could, you know, be like it's it's whole tangent. But with that being said, back in the day, right, it was it was a struggle. Yeah, I was I was equating my ability to generate leads with my perceived value. And it was it was the actual worst. And finding myself in that situation I actually, if you go to episode 214, um, the method I used to skyrocket my design business, I share a little bit about like what I did at that point in time and like what life was like and some of the actions that I took because I was in that that place of, of struggle. Um, but let's just say that after taking those steps and after having those those kind of, you know, like rock bottom moments and realizing that, you know, I can either stay in this place and, and times can continue to be tough or I can choose to take action and I can choose to do something different, that's really when things started to shift in my business. That's when things started to shift in my life too. And that's when I started to see the traction that brought me to where I am today. So if we can, you know, kind of create this like very clear before and after, before I really cracked the code to taking my business to the next level. I was hustling for my worth. I was taking on every low pain project that came my way and it was not fun. (laughs) Now I'm making consistent six figures. I was able to retire my incredible husband from the corporate world at age 25. I work like 12 hour work weeks every week and 
best of all, I'm able to connect with the most incredible humans in the world. I love my job because I love the people that I get to serve, whether that's through my one-on-one brand and strategy services or the thousands of designers that are a part of my online community. It it just is the best thing in the world. And I feel so, so grateful to be able to do this. And because I know what it's like to go from struggling to having a business that aligns with your definition of success, I want to make it easier for designers just like you to be able to do the same. I want for you to be able to have all the tools and the support and the resources that you need to be able to build the business of your dreams, whatever that looks like. If you want to make millions, yes, let's do it. If you just want to be able to have a steady income coming in in a way that does not require you to be clocking 40 plus hours a week so that you can be present with your kids or you can start a family or you can travel as much as your heart desires, yes, let's do that. Now, Here's how I went about making that switch, right? Like it's all well and good if I sit here and paint you this picture of the before and after, but like what actually were the actions that led to that kind of traction that changed everything? Okay, there are a few pieces that went into this, but realistically, I think the biggest shift that happened for me is I made a decision and that decision was I chose to become the CEO of my business and I stopped being a freelancer. Now, what I mean by that is that I see so many designers who are living what I kind of like to think of as like the fancy freelancer lifestyle where they they don't view themselves as freelancers anymore. But a lot of the choices they're making, a lot of the actions they're taking inside their business tells me that they're actually still operating like a freelancer. And that's not a bad thing. Like there's nothing wrong with being a freelancer. That's how I started. That's how so many of us get started. And that's really amazing. And that's a lifestyle that can work for so, so many people. But for me personally, what I realized is that by having my business set up and by treating myself like I was a a design freelancer, I was focusing on actions and behaviors and thought patterns that were keeping me in this, uh, kind of keeping me in this, this place of just being stuck, right? I was focused on pricing out my packages hourly. So right as a freelancer, you get paid by the hour. So when you are able to book clients, you are able to make money. But if you can't book clients, right, you're not making money. I was, you know, focusing on on how I could grow, but I was kind of trying to grow with like both hands tied behind my back in a sense where by keeping myself in this pattern of operating like a freelancer and making decisions from that place, I was missing out on the kind of growth that could happen when I chose to step into that role as a CEO. Now, for comparison, the way that I have experienced it, when you are operating as a freelancer, you're getting paid based on the quantity of client work you're able to take on. So you're charging hourly, you are taking on all the current projects, you're taking on what comes your way because more projects generates more revenue for you. But when you choose to kind of pivot into that role of being a CEO in your business, the thing that's different with that is that CEOs are paid based on their systems 
and the results that those systems create, not by how many hours they clock every single week. So a CEO, they're able to create a digital product. They're able to create an incredible client experience. They're able to create a system, and the system is what generates the results, not the sheer hours of time that they log with every client project. So, for example, when I chose to step into being a CEO and I focused on creating a really consistent and strategic client experience that delivered wildly profitable results for my clients, that's when I started to see the traction. Because instead of people coming to me because, you know, they could like get X number of deliverables for X number of dollars, they started to come to me because they could get a very specific kind of transformation. And I was able to then charge an investment that aligned with the power of that transformation. So you see, when we're freelancers, we focus on getting paid based on our time. When we're CEOs, we focus on creating a system that generates results that people are willing to pay for. So we charge based on value and we grow our businesses around that. A few other things that really helped me is you know, when I focused on going from being a freelancer to a CEO, I made the decision to start opening myself up and seeking out support. So this doesn't necessarily mean like you, you know, like go from being a a broke freelance designer to like hiring a VA that you can't afford. No, instead, it meant that I started reaching out for the support that I needed in my life so that I could have the capacity in my business to be more creative, to come up with more solutions, to take risks, and to take intentional action. So this could be something as simple as communicating to your partner that right now this is this is a busy season for you, and so you need to work a little later than normal. And if they could cover dinner so that you can reclaim that time, that would be really helpful. Maybe it's asking someone to, uh, you know, support you with childcare. Maybe it's asking someone to, you know, help you in, in a different way. There are lots of different ways that we can look for support that maybe show up in our personal lives, but also make a big difference in our professional performance and the way that we're able to show up for our businesses. And that's something that I also found to be really interesting about this distinction between operating as a freelancer versus operating as a CEO. So many of the freelancers that I see, they kind of wear that solopreneur lifestyle as a badge of honor where they're they're very proud that they are a team of one and that they go it alone. And if that's you, there's nothing wrong with that. But if you come into a season of life where you realize that you're limiting yourself because you're choosing to do it all yourself, you're, you're believing that no one can do it quite the way you can, You need to ask yourself, I'd encourage you to look at whether or not you're unintentionally inhibiting and limiting your growth because of this decision to, you know, be a team of one. Whereas when you step into that position of being a CEO, you understand that receiving the support that you need in order to achieve your goals is crucial. And so opening yourself up, bringing on a part-time VA or an assistant or um, hiring an independent contractor who can help you with specific projects, working with people who are there to support right? The profitability of that system that you're creating that delivers those results, and that's what people are paying you for. That makes all the difference. 
So what this looked like for me in my business, there are a few things that, you know, in addition to that mindset shift that really helped me create this kind of traction. First and foremost, I really leaned into brand strategy as this massive, massive value add to my services. And if you've been around these parts for any length of time, you know that that was so transformative for my business that that's exactly why I created the Brand Strategy School, my signature program for graphic brand and web designers. And inside the Brand Strategy School, I teach my exact step-by-step brand strategy method that I use to skyrocket my design business. And it's it's something that now empowers designers who join to build wildly profitable design businesses to the, t- the tune of, of 10K plus months. And it's just, it's the best. So with that being said, brand strategy, game changer for me, game changer for so many other designers as well. And by focusing on including value adds to my services, I was able to grow my business. I was able to start raising my rates. And I was able to do that in a way that didn't require that I do more work or I stack on more deliverables as a part of each level of service. Instead, it all centered around the strategy that I could guide my clients through in order to help them see the kinds of results they wanted that would help them achieve their goals. From there, Once I kind of cracked the code in that way, I started to lean in on becoming really consistent with the level of transformation that my work provides. So instead of focusing on creating, um, you know, beautiful, genuine, you know, unique and memorable brands, yes, that's important. And I still do that. But I focused on creating brands that delivered the kinds of results my clients wanted to achieve. So for my clients specifically, that looked like having a brand that empowered them to raise their rates. In fact, I was looking back at some kind of client uh, exit surveys, and I can confidently say that over 90% of the clients that I've worked with have raised their rates as a direct result of working with me. So I know that the work that I do is transformative for them and makes all the difference for them because I'm able to create a brand that not only helps them charge more, but it helps them position themselves as the go-to expert in their industry so that it is a clear and easy yes for their ideal clients whenever they find them. It makes it an easy decision. So I focused on becoming really consistent with that. On top of that, I put my energy into offering my clients a memorable experience, right? It's not just enough to have a transformative client process. If you're no fun to work with, or if you're not reliable, or you're not trustworthy, or you know, you're know you kind of grouchy sometimes when you're talking to your clients. And so I focused on being reliable, being trustworthy, being kind, being empathetic. And I did that so that I could create this really positive, really relationally driven experience with my clients. And as a result, every client has been able to walk away feeling seen, heard, and valued, which makes all the difference. And not only how they think about you, but how they talk about you to their friends, to their family, to the potential leads that they could be sending your way through those beautiful word of mouth referrals. And then finally, I focused on consistently refining things. So once I started to kind of put those initial building blocks into place, I chose to continually 
reassess, to regularly refine so that it was never something where I became complacent or I got so settled in this routine of like, well, this is how I do this because this is how I've always done it, right? Because dynamic businesses that grow and that continue to deliver solutions that serve your ideal clients well evolve and become this kind of living, breathing entity that changes in the ways that will continue to serve your ideal clients well, right? So looking back in about 2013, when things really started to change for my business, the online business industry in 2013 is not the same online business industry that we have here today in 2022. And so because of that, my systems aren't exactly the same. I've right, I've made changes, I've evolved, I've uh, adapted so that my clients are always getting that top level of experience and they're always being guided through a process that is going to help them in the here and now and is going to serve them for years to come. Now, I hope that this little behind the scenes of really what went into going from you know, struggling to being where I am today was helpful. Because I know so often I look at, you know, people in the industry who I admire and I wonder like, okay, I see this, this like beautiful kind of curated picture of how you went from, you know, point A to point B, but like what actually went into that? Like what actually did you do? And of course, in the interest of time, I've boiled this down to some really impactful steps. This, of course, could not be a completely exhaustive look at that that 10-year journey. But I hope that this helps to show you that by choosing to go all in on your business, on your dreams, and by choosing to become excellent at what you do, how this can make a difference. And it doesn't just make a difference in your life, but it makes a difference in the lives of the clients that you serve. As designers, we are so often working with incredibly talented visionaries, with CEOs, with growing small businesses. And so we have this opportunity to create assets that allow them to get out there and do what they love and make a living doing what they love. And that is a really big deal. And so the next time someone makes you think that the work you do doesn't matter, or the next time you make yourself believe that the work you do is insignificant, I want to remind you that the work you do literally makes it possible and easier and more professional and more strategic for your clients to go out there and do the work that they love. So with that being said, friend, I hope you're walking away feeling like you have a clear idea of some thoughtful next steps you can take in order to grow. And if you are wanting to learn more about how you can grow in a way that doesn't require you to take on more client work or to do it in a way where you're just flooding your schedule with tons and tons of projects, I actually have a free training where I talk you through the method that I used to grow my business where I could exponentially increase my income without taking on more branding clients. So in this free training, we talk through how you can earn more without taking on more clients. We talk about how you can captivate your ideal clients without hustling to be seen 24-7. And we talk about how you can actually position yourself as the go-to experts that your design clients are looking for. And you can find all the juicy details and you can sign up and join me for this completely free on-demand training 
at beastforbonniedesign.com slash training. And as always, all the details of everything we talked about, including a full transcript, will be available at brandstrategypodcast.com. If you click on the latest episode link, then you will find everything you're looking for. And I'll also be including details about the Brand Strategy School, which I mentioned earlier, in case you're a designer who's ready to generate consistent profit in your design business by leveraging brand strategy as your superpower. And I mean, I know that I'm biased, but I can't say enough good things about our incredible community of designers that we have. As a part of the Brand Strategy School, we've got designers from all over the world who just are incredible, incredible people. So if you want to be a part of a community that supports you, that sees you, and that is cheering you on as you pursue dramatic profit in your design business, then this is the place for you. So I will include all the all the links and details in the show notes as well. And as always, friend, I appreciate you. I appreciate you tuning in today. And I hope that this episode leaves you feeling encouraged and totally capable. And as always, I will be cheering you on from Waco. Thank you so much for joining me today, friend. Before you go, I would be so grateful to receive your feedback on the Brand Strategy Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode or the podcast in general has helped you grow your brand, I'd really appreciate it if you left us a review in iTunes. Your positive reviews enable the Brand Strategy Podcast to continue to grow and reach like-minded creatives just like you. Thank you for all your support and encouragement as together we pursue building brands with purpose and intention. Until next time, I'm cheering you on from Waco.